Hello, dear friends. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and we want to gather once again around God's Word. I love meeting with you. I'll be so happy when we can meet personally in, in, in our building again, amen, where we were meeting. Uh, it wasn't something we owned, but something we rented, but we miss meeting. It's hard to believe it's been this long since we could physically come together. And I miss you. And I hope you miss me too. But I'm going to tell you something. We used to sing the great camp meeting song, There's Going to Be a Meeting in the Air, by and by. And friend of mine, when Jesus comes, we're going to meet him in the air. And we're going to, I pray we meet each other in the air on the way up. Praise God. Amen. But when we get there, we're going to be together forever. Hallelujah. So today I want to get into a teaching that I believe is real important to understand in this time of chaos, in this time of crisis, in this perilous time that we live. Uh, it would be easy to to really be stymied by fear and uncertainty and not raise our eyes and look upon the fields that are ready to be harvested today. And I believe God is moving by His Spirit. I know He's moving by His Spirit in me. But not just that, He's moving by His Spirit in the entire world world today. And I want to talk to you on the subject uh, of our teaching, the supreme mission of the Holy Spirit, the supreme mission of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little preview of where our teaching is going, because the supreme mission is to go get a bride for my son, to go get a bride for my Son, And we're going to be reading of the type and foreshadow of the work of the Holy Spirit today in Genesis, in the Old Covenant, chapter 24, and I'm going to read verse 4, and then we're going to go down through the chapter, uh, where Abraham sends his servant on a very serious mission. And verse 4 says, But thou shalt go unto my country, and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Now I want to read one of the commentators' writings about this chapter. It says, This chapter is highly illustrative of God the Father, who sends forth the Holy Spirit to win the consent of the individual soul to become the bride of his son. Keep these resemblances constantly in mind as you read chapter 24 uh, of, of Genesis. Listen and see how the story unfolds. First, meet the father and note his concern about his son's bride. Then get acquainted with the Holy Spirit's great selfless heart, whose one purpose is to win the girl for his master's son. Then meet the son. And note his tenderness as he claims his bride. This is the longest chapter in the book of Genesis and is devoted to this important story. The main characters are Abraham, Isaac, Rebekah, 
and the unnamed servant of Abraham. Abraham is 140 years old when this is occurring, and his son Isaac is 40 years of age. It's time for Abraham to find a bride and time for Isaac to take a bride. Amen. And the story ends. We'll jump to the end as we go through. It ends with the unnamed servant, which is a type of the Holy Spirit and his work today in our world, bringing Isaac a bride. And it was love at first sight. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, speaking of love at first sight, a man on a plane sit down to a beautiful, next to a beautiful young lady as the story goes. She was the most gorgeous woman he had ever seen. It was love at first sight. He struck up a conversation with her. Are you married? No, she said. Are you engaged? No. Are you dating anyone? No. Why isn't a beautiful woman like you not dating? She replied, I'm looking for a man with certain qualities. He asked, what kind of qualities are you looking for in a man? She replied, I like Native American Indians. I love their skin texture and color and high cheekbones. I also like Jewish men. Jewish men seem so brilliant and are many times financially successful. But I also like the good old boys from the South, their Southern drawl and the way they treat a woman. By the way, what's your name? He answered, my name is Geronimo Bernstein. But my friends just call me Bubba. Amen. Friend of mine, I want you to know something today. God is looking for a bride with certain qualities for his son. And I know the work of the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. But that's all part of his convicting work to bring people to Christ so that that will make up a bride of the Lord Jesus Christ to get us ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. I believe Jesus is coming soon. And I believe we need to be about our Father's business and not wait for all the chaos and, and all of the confusion to be resolved somehow and then start thinking about evangelism and sharing our testimony. The Holy Ghost has not skipped a beat in this supreme and holy mission. And when we line up with what God is doing, not trying to bend God to what we're doing, but to let God show us where He is flowing right here, right now, in this time. I'm going to tell you right now, I believe I'm in the kingdom for such a time as this. And if you're a Christian, I believe you're in the kingdom for such a time as this. You see, for Isaac, it was love at first sight. For Rebekah, it was love before sight. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And who represented Isaac is such in is such a way to call in such a way to cause Rebekah to fall in love with Isaac, sight unseen, the unnamed servant of Abraham, a wonderful type of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. For Isaac, love at first sight. 
for Rebekah love before sight. And the scripture said very clearly in the new covenant, whom having not seen, speaking of Jesus, whom having not seen, you love with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. First thing I want to declare is it's the Father's will, His supreme desire, a bride for His Son. The Father's will is for the Holy Spirit to seek a bride. In Abraham's case, the servant of Abraham. In the actions and movements of Abraham, we see a great picture of God's purpose and plan for us right here, right now, in this age. What is God doing in this age? What is God saying? There are many prophetic uh, uh, things pronounced. But I want you to know the supreme work of God is still to seek and to save the lost and to have a bride for Jesus. We're his reward. There's no doubt in my mind. We are his reward for Calvary, for his suffering on the cross. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. What is the father's business in our age? What's God's supreme purpose? Where are all the Father's resources flowing? What is the end result of the cross? What will be the consummation of a true revival? It will be a bride for His Son. So let's begin reading in verse 24.4. We read in verse 4, Abraham saying to his servant, and this is an unnamed servant here, he's never named. Listen, that's significant. It says, But thou shalt go into my country, into my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. The great interest of Abraham was to get a bride for his son. The great interest of our Heavenly Father is to get a bride for his son, the Lord Jesus. We find this illustrated several times in Scripture. In Matthew 22, 2, we read, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage unto his son, like the certain king that prepared a marriage feast for his son. God is preparing a marriage and a marriage supper for his son. Jesus said unto his earthly parents in Luke two forty nine, Listen, I must be about my father's business. What is the father's business? The business of the father is getting a bride for his son. And that involves testifying to people, interceding for the lost. Amen. Ministering the gospel of Christ unto the lost to give them the opportunity to be saved. This is the great interest of God. God is in the salvation business. Each saved person makes up the bride of Christ. God's great interest in saving us is not just so He can take us to heaven, but so he can present us to his son as a, as a holy people. Hallelujah. Separated and sanctified. Glory to God. Just as Abraham wanted a physical companion for his son, God wants a spiritual companion for his son. And the great concern of God is not buildings, budgets, but a bride, a companion for his son. Now, we need budgets, we need buildings, 
But when it gets all about the budgets and the buildings, and we forget that it's the supreme work of God is to get a bride, amen, we become sometimes satisfied when we meet the budget and we get the building and we become comfortable and therefore compromised and we miss that holy mission. I talked to a pastor one time and he said, you know, one of the things that, that, that we keep trying to do is trying to God, trying to get God to, to send us revival, to, to send a mighty outpouring of his spirit. And we desperately need that. You know, he, he said, but I believe it's not God that's holding it back. The river of God is flowing, but it's flowing in that that is supremely important to him. And it's not sending a revival so we can get more people in the building so we can meet the budget. And there I have, I have talked to pastors that that was what their, their goal of, of having special meetings that we call revival. And oh, friend, when real revival comes, it's not about buildings. It's not about meeting budgets. It's about getting a bride for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. See, the New Testament is full of illustrations of God's great desire and grand design. So this pastor said to me, and I never forgot what he said. He said what the church needs to do is quit praying for the river to come to us, but find where the river is flowing and begin to f- go with the flow. Hallelujah. Amen. I know, according to the scripture, where the river is flowing. Amen. The Holy Spirit is moving mightily where people are raising their eyes and looking upon the fields and praying and interceding, Lord, to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the field and then volunteering to be one of those laborers. To become a soul winner should be the greatest goal of the Christian. Hallelujah. If we really want to do something important for God and be a blessing to the Lord and be a blessing to others. In the scripture, the parable of the ten virgins awaiting the groom's return. At midnight came this cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. The Apostle Paul's statement about the church, that it, that it, that it is very truly saved, that every truly saved person is being espoused or engaged to be married. Second Corinthians 11.2 says, I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, the preparation of the bride, washed by the word, is found in Ephesians five twenty-five and 26. It says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it unto himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without 
blemish. Praise God. I'll tell you, there's a work of the Lord. There's a purging work of God in the true church today. Amen. I'm talking about real, authentic, born from above, born again believers. God is not going to allow us to keep, to be tarnished by the world. He's going to call us to separation and sanctification. Not self-righteousness, but a separate, a, an absolute sanctified people that are being washed with the water by the word that we might be that glorious bride, hallelujah, that Jesus is coming for. In the book of Revelation, we read of the marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation nineteen six through 9. It said, As I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And the wife hath made herself ready, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for fine linen is the righteousness of the saints." And verse 9 says, And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These things are the true sayings of God. You see, friend, the gospel is all about the Father sending his servant in type of the Holy Spirit to get a bride for his son. And the Father, because of His mercy and His great love wherewith He loved us, He always takes the initiative. Abraham was seeking Rebekah before she ever knew she was being sought. We often speak of how we found the Lord, but the truth of the matter is that most of us were not seeking Him. He found us. He came. He drew us. Yet we know that He was seeking us. The Bible says in 1 John 4, in verse 19, we love Him because He took the initiative, you see. We love Him because He first loved us. When Rebecca went to the well, I doubt it ever crossed her mind that on that day she would be introduced to her future husband. In the Gospel of John, chapter 4, we find the encounter of Jesus with the Syrophoenician woman at Jacob's well. Once again, illustrating that God takes the initiative. He said, woman, give me to drink. And she was surprised that she recognized him as a holy man and, and a Jewish man and, and a Jewish holy man. And, and they would even talk to, to people outside of the Jewish race and culture. They considered them unclean and, and dirty and they wouldn't have interaction with them. Oh, and, and, and he, he said unto her, woman, give me to drink. While she was drawing water, he said, give me to drink. And she began to draw that water while kind of in shock that he would even speak to her. And he said unto her, woman, if you knew who it was that said unto thee, give me to drink, I would give you living water 
and you would never thirst again. If you come to this well, you're going to thirst again. And then he used that as an illustration of her life. She had she had, had five husbands and was living with a man out of wedlock. She was looking for love in all the wrong places, and she never ever found it, but she was meeting love incarnate, God's love incarnate in Christ, hallelujah, at Jacob's well, and her life changed, (laughs) hallelujah, praise God, she said, sir, then give me this water. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, I want you to know God has living water today to quench spiritual thirst. We may try to quench it with all kinds of things of the world and all kinds of sinful pleasures, but I want you to know it will never, it will never quench that desire that we, we, we long for because we were created for it. And that is fellowship with a holy God who loves us and wants fellowship with us. That's why Jesus came with a message of hope for every one of us who are thirsty and dying of thirst. And, and that is not just, not just to go to heaven and escape hell. That's a byproduct of something greater. And someone said, Pastor, what could be greater than that? Well, what is greater than that is a father that sent his son to die on the cross in our place because he longed to be reconciled unto us. Even though our sins uh, were so harsh and hard against him and sometimes we pushed back at the call of God in our life. And yet God says, amen, that he commends his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God takes the initiative. Praise God. Amen. And this this is God taking the initiative as He sends the Holy Spirit to convince the world of sin, convicted of sin, and of the judgment that is coming. He offers forgiveness and pardon if we truly repent And the Holy Spirit comes to draw us to God. When we're reconciled to God, we become part of the body of Christ. And we become the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Nowhere in this chapter is the servant of Abraham called by name. In verse 2, he's simply called the eldest servant of his house. In verse 5 and 9, he, he's simply called the servant. In verse 34, he identifies himself as Abraham's servant. There are those who believe that he is Eliezer, uh, uh, and, and there's other speculations. Yet, it's clear here, in Genesis 24, the servant is not called by name. The servant is a type of the Holy Spirit. The one who does not speak of himself, hallelujah, but seeks to glorify Christ. As you look at the chapter, you see that all the servant did was talk about the father and the son. He never said one word about himself. And the Bible says in the new covenant of the Holy Spirit in John 16 and verse 13, how be it? 
when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Amen. You see, friend, it's the will of the Father to get a bride, and the work of the Spirit is to get a bride. He was commissioned by the Father and committed to the Son. I want to say that again. He was commissioned by the Father and committed to the Son. And in verse 33, the servant referred to his mission as an errand. And what is the errand of the Holy Spirit? (laughs) Amen. It is to go and get a bride. Go and convict people of sin and draw them to Christ so they can repent of their sin, receive Christ as their Savior, and be reconciled unto God. You know, the Bible said of God, to wit, God was in Jesus Christ, literally in the context while he was on the cross, reconciling the world unto himself. Hallelujah. The first work of of the Holy Spirit and the first work of, uh, after convicting us of our sin, is to introduce us to Jesus. Amen. And this is the same thing here in, in this chapter. As we look at the errand of the servant, we see that there was a work on, of introduction. The servant leaves on his mission, meets Rebecca at the well. Something in his heart said, this is the one. It was then he began introducing Rebekah to Isaac. We read further in verses 34 through 38. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great. And he hath given him flocks and herds and silver and golds and men servants and maid servants and camels and asses. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old. And said unto him, He hath given all that he hath. And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife to my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell, but thou shalt go to my father's house and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son. The servant introduced her to the son. The errand of the Holy Spirit is to introduce us to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, he convicts of sin, but that's so we can become saved and he can begin to tell us about Jesus. Remember the great song, Tell Me More, Tell Me More, Tell Me More About Jesus. Hallelujah. More of his mercy, more of his grace, more of his love, my soul can trace. Tell me more. Tell me more about Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, he convicts of sin, but his motive is not to condemn. We were already condemned, and that's why he came, to convince us, to convict us, and to show us we don't have to be under the wrath of God. We can be saved. If we repent and receive Christ as our Savior, we can be pardoned. We can be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. We can become His sons and His daughters. Hallelujah. Amen. 
but to bring us to the acknowledgement of our guilt and our need for a Savior, and then to draw us to Christ. And secondly, He invites. There is also a work of impartation. They began the journey here in, in Genesis to the Father's house. Along the way, the servant told her more and more and more about Isaac. Hallelujah. Amen. We read in verse 22 that when he first met Rebekah, and it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring, a half a shekel of weight, and two bracelets for her hands, and ten shekels weight of gold. At the very beginning, he let her know the son was someone she would like to know. And it's not, listen, don't, don't get those dollar signs uh, going up. <laughs> of course you'd like to know him. He's giving her all this stuff. No, it was because of his generosity. His generosity, not the stuff, but the the kind of man he was to be so giving and so generous. When he accepted, when she accepted his invitation, he pulled out even more symbols of his son's wealth, which really symbolized how deeply unselfish and how lavish the son would love her. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver, jewels of gold, raiment, gave them to Rebekah. And he gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. On the journey, he kept pulling out symbols of his wealth and his love. And it was a process of telling her about Isaac. She was learning of Isaac, which made her long for Isaac, which made her look for Isaac. The scriptures are very clear in the new covenant, aren't they? Unto they that look. He shall appear the second time without sin unto glory. Hallelujah. Unto them that look. And you know who's looking for him today? Those that are longing for him today. And you know who is longing for him today? Those that have come to love him sight unseen because of what the Holy Spirit through the scriptures have revealed unto us. We love him. Because he first loved us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so glad. I know what the Holy Spirit is doing today. I don't want this pandemic to, to, to turn my, my eyes, my thoughts, and my energies uh, from the great work of God today. I want to find where that river is flowing. And I want to go with the flow. Because that is is the key to a revival right in the midst of this mess that the world is in. God is relentless. The Holy Spirit is not just fulfilling that purpose, but He is doing it with great power. Praise God. And I'm looking for, I'm looking for a mighty harvest of souls just before Jesus comes. How about you? Let's be about our Father's business. In these last days that we are living, let's be about our Father's business because His business is souls. That's why Jesus came. That's why He died upon the cross. 
And that's why the Holy Spirit is working tirelessly, relentlessly today in our world. And today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I know, I know that He's knocking on the door of your heart. And if you open the door, He says, I will come in and sup with you and you with me. Today, don't run from Him. Repent of your sin. Run to Christ. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And be part, not just of a denomination, of a church as an organization, but become part of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because He's coming very, very soon. And I would love to see you. I'd love to sit by you at the marriage supper of the Lamb and know that I had something to do with the work of the Spirit right now in your life to bring you to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.